0: This is Dan Wotton Uncancelled. Let's go. It's now time for Father Ted legend, Graham Linehan. And after suffering years of attacks, a shattered personal life and the loss of his livelihood, news of the ordered closure of England's controversial Tavistock Gender Clinic for Children came as bitter sweet relief for My next guest. Now, Graham put his neck on the line to publicly speak out against trans extremists, stripping the rights of women and girls, while also raising serious concerns over the way Tavistock was encouraging impressionable children to take puberty blockers and have sex change operations. So here he is in uh, on the BBC's Newsnight in 2020 being mocked for his concerns by the clearly openly biased presenter Sarah Smith
1: basically being experimented on with... uh uh, puberty blockers, uh, for instance... Oh, young... come on,
2: you're not seriously trying to say that children going to the doctor and saying that they're worried about their gender is akin to children being experimented on I'm it.
1: afraid I am because Lupron, which is which is um, a drug that's supposed to be meant for end-stage cancer treatment, uh, prostate cancer treatment, is being given to okay. young okay. girls. There's
2: a, there's a couple of issues here. One of, one of them is that these are doctors who are doing this and you don't have any medical
1: training to know about this, but the other is that they are doing it by choice. If you look at the Tavas. 35 psychologists have quit the Tavistock in three years. Children I've spoken being to, able other, to come I've, forward I've spoken and to talk psych- about
2: issues that they feel, uh, it's entirely up to them whether or not they want to do that. Nobody's forcing anybody No, no, into I'm sorry, here.
1: you don't tell children that they were born in the wrong body because they're children and they will believe you. So as you can see,
0: Sarah Smith's completely one-sided interview has aged terribly. Since then, Tavistock has been ordered to close by spring after a damning report found it was harming children and using experimental treatments, just as Graham warned. He is now calling for an apology from Newsnight and the BBC, and we reminded them today about that awful interview. Asked if they wanted to apologise to Graham, the shameless Beeb told us we will not be commenting on this. And Graham joins me now in the studio. So... Graham, you essentially were cancelled by polite society, the entertainment industry, in part because of your criticisms of the Tavistock Clinic, which have now been completely backed up formally with the government announcing the closure of the Tavistock. Do you feel vindicated by that?
1: Oh, yeah, but I felt vindicated when I went on Newsnight because I knew about the... um about the whistleblowers, I was actually friends with some of the whistleblowers at the Tavistock, who had been reporting things like uh, homophobic parents bringing their kids in to be transitioned. Um, but they and, tried to portray you as an extremist. Yeah, they treated me like I was David Icke. Yeah, you know, and and it was like it was it, it was so strange because they at the time they had two journalists. Working on the story for their own show. For so, so for some reason, one part of Newsnight decided to continue, you know, uh, trans activists' campaign to destroy my life by by making me look like I'd gone insane. Um, And yeah, at the same time, they somehow managed to get a story through about the Tavistock, you know, which is very rare on on Newsnight because BBC, BBC in general, Newsnight as well. I, I have been very careful to kind of uh, lie by omission about this subject. They don't cover it, uh, even now when it's been revealed that 1,000 families are going to sue the Tamstock. Um, you don't you see know, it. You don't see it. They don't respond to it like the emergency that it is. There's no more crucial issue than the health of children. And yet the BBC has been, um, I, I, think I think they've been negligent in almost the same way as they were negligent during the several years oh absolutely they have i think that this has been absolutely, absolutely. they have so, so so that interview that that news night interview how damaging was that for you well the thing is i, I was very naive when i went on it i thought Oh, they'll, they'll give me a chance to explain. It's such an important subject that, of course, they'll uh, listen to me. And, and as soon as the interview... it was a hit piece. Right? It was a hit piece. As soon as it started, I realised it was a hit piece. And you were live. There's nothing you can do at yeah. that point. The other thing was they said they, they were going to get... I asked how long I had. They said five minutes. Five minutes to talk about the sterilisation of children. And they threw a Pink News headline at me. Pink News have, have written, I believe, seven, more than 75 stories about me since I started talking about this issue. Uh, still, don't beat J.K. Rowley, who got forty-two stories in a single <laughs> week, but um, but uh, they. I I went in thinking because it was it's very hard to explain mm. this uh, subject to friends and family. They didn't understand it, and I thought, well, at least Newsnight will provide a good, um, sober kind of analysis of what's going on. But of course, it's not in their interest to do that because the BBC is 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 captured. You know, they have children's TV programs telling uh, telling kids that there's more than 100 genders. Mm. Um, they're in lockstep with Stonewall, aren't they? Yeah, they're in lockstep with Stonewall. And and Stonewall has been completely, the Alison Bailey trial, uh, which found that um, Garden Court chambers were bullying a lesbian on Stonewall's behalf. Um, you know, Stonewall, like the Tavistock, have been completely discredited by court cases in the last few years. And... Uh, I, I don't understand why the BBC is still kind of hanging on to the Titanic in this sense. Just- I know because because this is a national scandal. You
0: were mocked, you were pilloried, and you were cancelled by the left for drawing attention to it. I think the most shocking thing is we didn't play it in that clip, but I watched the back the full interview today. It was almost like, you're a man. Why on earth do you care about this? You're a man. That 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 was their view, mm. and you're right, at some point, surely they are going to have to acknowledge that they have got this badly wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and unfortunately, like, we, we you, you pointed out that that was two years ago I was talking about that, but I'd known about it for two years previous to yeah. that. So um, what has there been, willful blindness in most
0: of the media and our institutions? What has resulted in this, or is it this
1: genuine fear of being branded transphobic. It's a combination, but, but I think what it is, really this whole, the gender movement is at its heart, it's a middle-class movement. And that's why it's been kind of taken up with such um, enthusiasm by the worlds of the theater, publishing, uh, the media. Unfortunately, this is a lot of middle-class people. They've all got kids who wear some eyeshadow and decide they're trans. And the parents are kind of uh, circling the wagons around them rather than thinking it through. And the problem is that some people some kids will get away unscathed. They'll just go through the normal years of experimentation and come out the other side. But others will believe um, figures like Joyland Mom and and uh who else has been talking has been uh talking about. I believe there was there's one trans woman who was on the BBC's. Pottery program. And these people have all been saying that puberty blockers are reversible. These people are lying and no one's picking up on it. And and, 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 and why are the BBC
0: not putting folk like Carabelle Exactly. Who, who who can actually say, I am the result of yeah. Tavistock. This is irreversible because the, the results of her puberty blockers, and for example, her
1: voice, her, her facial hair, I mean, lots of it is... Provably irreversible. Yeah, and and I don't think there's. I don't think you can get any more evil than Joylan and Mom contesting the uh, the uh, victory that Kira Bell had in the court about what happened to her. I think these people are deranged. You know, I don't. I think they probably think they've, they're doing the right thing, mm. but. I'm afraid the evidence is going to pile up over the coming years. You know, these 1,000 kids in the Tavistock are just the tip of the iceberg. You so, know? so
0: where do you think this will lead? Because obviously there are these gender clinics in, in Scotland that are still operating. I mean,
1: I think they're going to have to be retooled so that they can provide health care for the people who've been destroyed by this movement. You know, we, we, there are young girls who are who, young women who are having hysterectomies in their mm. 20s. Elaine Miller, who, uh, is, who, under, who knows about all these things, um, she's a comedian and, 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 and a, 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 has a show at the Fringe at the moment about this subject. But uh, she told me that girls who will go on to testosterone and are on testosterone for a number of years will go into the menopause 30 years early. Mm. And these are, these are kids who have been groomed mm. into thinking that if they take these drugs, they will become members of the opposite sex, you know? And in fact, These young girls are aging themselves, Mm. you know? The menopause is not pretty, you know? It's a tough thing to go through. So to have to go through it 30 years early because they're taking these drugs. Graham, I just want to finish
0: by talking a bit about you and Mm. your personal redemption, I guess. Do you get any sense, any sense that there is regret either from individuals, uh, the, the companies that dumped on you, the social media tech giants that banned you—do you get any sense that they are starting to realise they've made a big mistake?
1: That's a good question. I don't think so. They—they, they, as far as I'm concerned, like I'll give you the best example I can give you is the Father Ted musical. Yes, yeah, so because because that was cancelled. Right? That was it. Was up. It was ready to go. We had uh, we had some great songs written by Neil Hannon. Um, we had a beginning, middle and end and it worked really well. We had a brilliant Ted, we had a brilliant dougal. And let's be honest, it would be a hit. I mean we it want be a Father instant. Ted musical. But basically, um, they're they're refusing to put it on. Jimmy Mulville of Hattrick actually mm. offered me two hundred thousand pounds to walk away from it. So
0: Because he just wanted to be able to put on a Father Ted musical but be able to say to the world, Oh, don't
1: worry. It's nothing Great, to do gray with. Him. Not a bad yeah, yeah. Because I stood up for these kids,
0: you know. And and so and no sense that anyone is realizing they've made a mistake.
1: No, in fact, it's it's only through coming onto shows like this that I have a chance of maybe getting the ear mm-hmm. of one of these people and making them realize what they're doing. You know, like I I I I personally won't. I I wouldn't want Father Ted to be associated with this movement. This movement is harming children. Mm-hmm. You know. So, I don't know, we're at a very strange stage with that, but I, I, unfortunately I do have to look at legal action now, because this was my pension. <coughs> my- legal action against Patrick. Patrick yeah, and possibly Sonia Friedman Productions, you know, because the only reason they gave me uh, for not doing it is because I'm, um, I'm supporting these women who are fighting this nonsense. So wrong. So wrong.
0: <laughs> well look, obviously we're gonna stay on this story. Okay. Thank good. you so much. That's Craigem, creator of Father Ted and the IT crowd. <laughs> but it's time now for uncansored. What? Wow. And this is where Britain's top commentators speak out on controversial issues without the fear of the cancel culture sweeping the rest of the media. Now, controversial comedian Jerry Sadowitz has hit back at the Edinburgh Fringe venue, which cancelled his show for, quote, extreme racism and misogyny. The Pleasance acts the aptly named not-for-anyone performance after just one night because of an unprecedented number of complaints about the show's offensive content. One punter was reported as saying that Sadowitz called Rishi Sunak the P-word and the Glaswegian comedian reportedly exposed himself on stage. Director Anthony Alderson put out a public statement justifying the abrupt decision on the grounds that the 75-minute set did not align with our values. But in his own statement, Sadowitz hit back, claiming his act had been cheapened and simplified by the venue before bizarrely declaring, I am not Jim Davidson, folks. A lot of thought goes into my shows. What What shade, what shade to the brilliant Jim Davidson who joins me live now. Jim, you've been dragged into this. Uh, So look, there's really serious freedom of speech issues, of course, but firstly, how do you feel about that shade? Well, I haven't Sandowitz. put any. I haven't put any thought into it. Obviously, <laughs>
3: now. Well, first, first of all, I mean, I don't mind him mentioning me. That's that's pretty okay. If you're falling down a mountain, any branch will do, won't it? Really, the thing that that really is slightly annoying is that they knew exactly what he was going to do. We know exactly what uh, act was was going to get. They even put out a warning about it, and now. This is someone, I don't think it's the punters at all. I think it's someone from in the sort of council area said, oh, I don't think I like that very much. I don't want to do that. And so the wokeness has taken over. And here's the scary thing, Dan, that, that they've put out a statement saying it doesn't uh, re, uh, re, you know, reflect the values that we have. Who's the we? Your values don't really mean anything to me. I want to go and see a comedian. And they said, and it's also not acceptable in character. So that means the old pub landlord, who I think is brilliant, can't do what he's doing in character because it's just as bad. Isn't, isn't every comedian in character? Well, of and course, Jim, I thought their version.
0: values were free speech
3: anyway. Well, I mean, there is free speech, but you've got to self-edit yourself. You can't. I mean, free speech to someone is OK, but you've got to self-edit, haven't you? I, I, I don't know this guy. I don't know what he, he obviously knows me because he doesn't want to be anything like me. I don't <laughs> mind that as long as he never swaps wage packets with me. But I think the, the <laughs> thing is, the thing is for someone in that council to say we're cancelling that show. First of all, there's a contract. Can't we see what he said was... And they're talking about him getting the uh, old chap out. I believe it wasn't. I think it was a joke, and it was either a chicken or a sausage. One of the two. <laughs> now, they said, would you do that, Jim? Well, there wouldn't much point of getting my uh, things out, because past row one, they wouldn't see them. So <laughs> it's pointless unless I do a very small comedy room. <laughs> but I feel for this guy. I know he's, he's dragged me into it, but that, that's fine. Yeah. All's fair in love and war. But you, once you start to censor comedy yeah. and what people can laugh at and what they can't, where will it end, Dan,
0: you know? Well, indeed. And, and this is Edinburgh, Jim, which is meant to be the heart of risque and daring and boundary pushing comedy. And won't this put a lot of comedians off trying uh, new material in Edinburgh?
3: Well, I think they will try new material, but, but when, I think they will. Comedians always want to push it. You go out, Dan, you see that audience and you push it with, with your image, your mm. brand, as much as you can. You don't set out to upset anybody. We have spoke about this before, Danny Boy, but what, what one does, you have to sit there and think, hang on a minute, there's going to be people in here that have set out to be upset already. So uh, you're on a complete loser. Comedians should be truthful to themselves, truthful to the audience, and if you don't want to see it, go away. Don't go. There is an off switch yeah. on everything, and that is do not buy a ticket, especially when it says this is a risque comedy. It's
0: not for the faint-hearted, and I think that's what this guy was. Yeah, I'm I sorry think And I think you've cool. made such an important point, Jim, that there are almost these offence hunters who go looking to purposefully be offended. Mm. And all it takes now, because of the venues and the social media companies and everything, they're so prissy, they're so pathetic. All it takes is about five complaints, five emails, five tweets. And they think that there's some sort of groundswell.
3: And the worst thing is, Dan, these are people that are complaining that probably have been nowhere near Edinburgh, don't even know this guy. This is a political thing. And also it's the staff. The staff don't really care. They don't go and see what's on in the theater, but they say, I don't like that guy. I don't like Chubby Brown. I don't like Jim Davidson. I don't like Freddie Starr. I don't like this, I don't like that. And because of this culture, where people are now frightened to death to have a laugh with one another, I don't think it's doing this country any good whatsoever. I don't think this brings people together. I particularly might not laugh at this guy. I walked out with Ben Elton once, I went to see Ben Elton, first time I'd ever seen him. I thought to myself, well, Ben Elton has proved you can be a stand-up comedian without being funny. Let me go and prove myself wrong. And it was during the Second Gulf War, and he was doing jokes about soldiers, uh, British soldiers, et cetera, et cetera. And I got on my high horse and I walked out, and I didn't want to see it. But I didn't complain. I didn't want him cancelled. It was my fault. Later on, I thought, I should have laughed at that a bit more. I've just been self-righteous. And I think there's too many of these people about... Let's have a laugh, Dan, for heaven's sake. Why do you think that this channel, GB News, goes down so well? Because it's not afraid to say what it thinks, and it doesn't pander to wokeness. This is the common sense channel. And, and we should have a bit more common
0: sense. Comedy is a serious business. No, indeed. All. And I've just got to ask you one other, one other comedy-related question, Jim, because we've been having a debate about it today, and I, I guess I'll give you uh, the deciding verdict. Is Jenny Eclair a comedian? Who? Jenny Eclair, you know? Uh, I I always
3: thought she was that woman in IDI. You know what I mean? That's funny. No, I don't know if she's a comedian. Uh, Good luck to her. What's she moaning about then? She's she's moaning about
0: that paint ad.
3: Well, I think that's bad because I love that dog. I think it's fantastic. And you don't see enough of them about anymore. (laughs) Jim Davidson. Good luck. (laughs) Thank Wrong one. you so much,
0: Jim. Crown. Wrong one, but it doesn't matter, Jim. I know. Well, it's saying. a bit late for me. I'm old. <laughs> Jim Davidson, thank you so much. <laughs>
1: the
0: RAF has effectively paused extending job offers to white males in order to meet, quote, impossible diversity targets. That's according to reports today. Defense sources claim the alleged favouring of women and ethnic minorities has prompted the force's head of recruitment, who, by the way, is a senior female officer to resign in the last few days. Among those speaking out on the allegations which has prompted concerns that the strength of the RAF could be undermined as leadership contender Rishi Sunak, who said the only thing that should matter in recruitment is the content of your character, not your sex or the color of your skin. That the Ministry of Defense would allow Britain's security to potentially be at risk by a drive for so-called diversity is not only disgraceful, it is dangerous. Damn right. I mean, Russia and China, they're not thinking about the makeup of their military. They're focused on building a fighting force capable of taking on the West. But after years of successive governments challenging all our armed forces to improve, it wouldn't come as a surprise to learn they're operating in a culture that prioritizes virtue signaling over security. I'm joined now by conservative commentator Albi Amancona, uh, who is the founder of conservatives against racism. So, Albie, you heard there from Rishi Sunak, uh, a leadership contender for your party, actually saying this could be a dangerous policy. Do you agree?
2: Yes, I do think it could be potentially dangerous. Look, the, the, the job of the armed force in this country, including the RAF, is to protect this country, not reflect this country. And of course, diversity is important. But when it comes to an issue as important as national security, really, the focus should be not just on the content of, of a potential uh, RAF pilot a co- character, but also that how, how good they are at their actual jobs. It's not, you know, their diversity does not contribute to how good they are going to be at flying a plane.
0: Absolutely, and I'm sorry, Albie. I don't think any white man should be banned from applying for any job in this country, but certainly not the
2: RAF. No, of course not. But Dan, we, we've also got to acknowledge that RAF spokespeople have actually denied this allegation. But would this head of recruitment have resigned unless something like this was actually going on? The focus of the armed forces, as I mentioned before, have to, has to be defending this country. And if they want to improve diversity by reaching out to underrepresented groups and encouraging them to impl- apply, then that's fine. But we've got to draw a line at quotas.
0: And that's what seems to be happening here, Albie, doesn't it? On the quiet, because remember, the person who has resigned here is responsible for all of the recruitment at the RAF. And I'm sure, Albie, this is also happening in other public organisations like the BBC. And effectively, there are bans, informal bans, being put on particular ethnic groups and gender groups. And those ethnic groups and gender groups happen to be the majority of society, white folk. And I just feel like we've got to start standing up against this.
2: At the end of the day, Dan, positive discrimination is still discrimination, and I've never supported such moves of positive discrimination. As I mentioned before, you know, if you want to spread opportunity around the country and outreach to underrepresented communities, encourage them, encourage them to apply for certain jobs and remove discriminatory recruitment practices, then I think that's all well and good. But as soon as our organizations start striving for equality of outcome, that is where we have to draw the line. No, indeed. Indeed. Because... Imagine how a
0: young white lad at the moment, whose dream has been joining the RAF, feels about these reports.
2: Of course, and also imagine the recruiters who have to try and meet an ethnic minority target of twenty percent when just fourteen percent of the UK population are of ethnic minority backgrounds. That is a completely unrealistic target, and I don't even think ambitious is the right right word for it. It's totally unrealistic. What? the armed forces, organisations and indeed private sector organisations need to be focusing on are hiring the most talented and able people for the jobs that they need to fill. Of course.
0: Uh, of course. I, I I completely agree. Albie Amancona uh, from Conservatives Against Racism, thank you so much. Now, as Albi mentioned, an RAF spokesperson has tried to dispute allegations of a recruitment pause of white men, saying, as with the Royal Navy and British Army, we are doing everything we can to encourage recruiting from underrepresented groups and ensure we have a device workforce. The Royal Air Force has a well-earned reputation for operational excellence that is founded on the quality of all our people. We will always seek to recruit the best talent available to us. You know what? That's one of those non-denial denials. I know exactly what that means. And good on this person for resigning. Because at the end of the day, it's racism. That's what this policy is all about. Dan Button here again. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of my podcast, Uncancelled. Did you like what you hear? Well, remember to subscribe, rate and review and join me for more news-making interviews, fiery debate and free speech on Dan Button Tonight every Monday to Thursday from 9pm till 11pm on GB News.